0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad that you joined us got a postcard here from the state of Indiana, Hoosier country. And this is from my old friend, Mary Scoville Lupicino. I think that's how you pronounce your last name. I knew you as Mary Scoville, way back from Emmanuel Christian Academy days in Newington, Connecticut. Mary, so good to hear from you and get this postcard. Glad you're listening. And it's just a joy to uh, hear from friends from, seems like a lifetime ago, but uh, I know God's blessing and appreciate you uh, listening to the podcast. Hey, we're in Mark chapter six, as you know, and we're in the middle of a very exciting miracle in the ministry of Jesus. It is one of the miracles, one of the few miracles that is recorded in all four of the gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we call this miracle affectionately, the, the feeding of the 5,000. But it's, it's a huge miracle, not so much because of what the miracle was. the feeding of the 5,000, although what what an, an incredible miracle. But more than that, it was this miracle that sparked a reaction, that created a clarification at a sermon the next day. I mean, there's a lot going on here, and I want to make sure that we understand it. So I think we left off in verse number 38 last time, where Jesus had said, How many loaves have ye? Uh, Go and see. And when they knew, they said five and two fishes. So remember, they found that lad with with the lunch. Verse number 39 And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. It's interesting, the more you study a Bible story, the more you see just things that you didn't consider before. Like, have you ever considered the fact that Jesus made them sit down before he he did the miracle? I mean, that's the last thing that you would think you would do, is to organize them into their groups for distribution when there's nothing to distribute. And yet the, uh, the disciples obeyed. And the Bible says in verse 50, 40, and they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. So he, he organizes them in these smaller groups. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all And they did all eat and were filled. So here's the miracle. Now, how did the miracle actually take place? Was it as he broke the bread? Was there more bread each time he broke it? Uh, As he divided the fish? We don't really know how it happened. We know that it happened. And I guess it really doesn't make a difference how, when the what takes place. We see a couple commonalities here in this miracle to other miracles. That is, that Jesus obviously is God the Son. But do you see the posture of the miracle? He looks up to heaven and and breaks it in an attitude of prayer and dependence. Why? Because much of what Jesus did on earth was also a pattern for you and me, that our dependence for power, our dependence for that which we cannot produce, uh, comes from heaven. And there's where our resource is. And so the great miracle is performed. The people are fed, not just fed. Remember, Jesus said to Philip earlier that day, yeah, how much do you think it would take to feed all them? And Philip said 200 pennyworth would not be enough to give them all a little. So our greatest, the, 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 the giving of all of our resources wouldn't even satisfy them a, a little. And yet, when Jesus did the miracle, they were all filled. There was an overabundance, as we shall see. Look at verse number 43. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And, you know, I don't want to be dogmatic where the Bible silent, but is it not ironic that there were 12 baskets full? Almost as if to say to the disciples who had struggled a bit with their faith, hey, there's a basket for each one of you guys too. So again, I, I'm not sure that that's the reason, but wow, 12 baskets full of that which remains. And they took up those fragments. And, and there's something special there as well, that nothing was going to go to waste. Even the fragments uh, would be gathered. And, and saved. Look at verse number 44. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. Now, uh, the Bible says in the parallel account that there were women and children beside. So depending on how many women and children were there, they, they're, they're, they weren't counted. Uh, there were thousands of people there, so obviously north of 5,000. So when we say the feeding of the 5,000, Really, we could say the feeding of the 5,000 plus, and it's not the exact number that's important. It's the fact that it was at a number that could not be, this is not explainable in any scenario other than the power of God uh, on the Lord Jesus, the miracle. And this was so astounding, so incredible to the people that they just knew that this is certainly a prophet. Matter of fact, they labeled him as that prophet. And the, the term that prophet really was a reference to the prophecy of Moses, who in Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 15 said that God would raise up a prophet like unto him, like unto Moses. And he would be that 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 deliverer of his people. So the Jews were looking for that prophet that would come kind of in the spirit and the power of Moses. Now, the fact is that prophet, and uh, Peter reiterated this when he preached at Solomon's porch. Remember when the 5,000 were saved after the lame man was healed? And Peter made it clear that that prophet of Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 15 was really a prophecy of Messiah. But the Jews erroneously thought that that prophet was another forerunner of of Messiah so they they looked at that prophet as a great prophet but not as not as the Messiah himself so what whatever the case when Jesus performed this miracle it was so similar in power in grandeur and even in type to the to the miracle of Moses that they thought this must be that prophet. I mean, think about it. It was during Moses' day that God gave the miracle of the manna where thousands of people were fed miraculously and filled and they had fragments that remained every week on Sabbath day. So in the, the mindset of the people, this is similar to Moses. So this must be that prophet. Look at verse number 45. And straightway... He constrained his disciples to get into the ship to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a a mountain to pray. So Mark doesn't make a big deal about why Jesus sent them away, but I would encourage uh, you listeners to study the parallel accounts, especially the the account in, in John, and what you're going to find is that the people were so enraptured by this miracle that they wanted to proclaim Jesus to be their physical deliverer right then. We want to coronate him to be our king. And the disciples were kind of wrapped up in that fervor. Yes, we need to make him our leader. And Jesus constrained the disciples first to get in the boat and go away because they were getting wrapped up in this. And then the Bible says that Jesus dismissed uh, the multitude. So why? I mean, is not Jesus the king? Is it not right to honor him? Wasn't the crowd correct in giving him the glory? And I would say yes, yes, and yes, but for the wrong reason. They weren't really seeing his messianic ministry biblically. They weren't seeing him as the Messiah that the Bible predicted, the suffering servant, the one that would die for sins. They were simply looking for deliverance and for food, for the benefit of this physical miracle. Because remember, the next day when the storm had taken place and the boat was at shore, they found themselves in Capernaum. Jesus adopted home city. And in Capernaum, Jesus went into the synagogue and preached a message uh, on the bread of life. Interesting. The people, these same people that were here this day, the feeding of the 5,000, went to the synagogue and they demanded of Jesus to give them bread. And Jesus said, I won't give you bread. They said, well, no, wait, Moses gave us bread. And Jesus said, Moses did not give you bread. My father, which is in heaven, gave you bread. And when he gave you, gave your fathers that bread, they died. I want to give you bread and you'll never die. I am the bread of life. So they weren't see, they wanted Jesus as their bread giver, but they didn't see Jesus as their bread. The fact that he, his death, his burial, his resurrection, the gospel, his message of that sacrifice is what they needed. They weren't seeing that. So the Bible says he constrained the disciples to get in the boat. And the Bible says, but he himself, verse number 46, he sent them away and departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, Uh, The ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. So Jesus left. He went to pray Uh, there and they're in the sea. The crowd is walking away and the Bible gives us the detail in the other, in one of the other parallel accounts that it was in the fourth watch of the night. So I just want to put this all in perspective for the last two days. Remember, they're very busy, Jesus and his disciples, so busy they don't have time to eat. Jesus goes apart to a desert place, but the crowd follows him. And when they arrive at the desert place, the crowd's there. He spends all day long healing, uh, helping, preaching. At the end of the day, feeding, organizing, and then dismissing the disciples, dismissing the crowd, and then praying. Think about it. Uh, Far from getting rest, this is one of the busiest days of his life. And then after the very busy day, He goes and prays all night long. And in that prayer session, in that mountain, He sees those disciples struggling on that lake. So we're going to come back to here next episode. But wow, what a drama that's unfolding. And we're going to talk about a story you're well familiar with, but I think will really help with this context in mind. So I hope that helps you. Thanks for listening today. Hope you have a great day. God bless you, my friends thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.